Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, with us right now, we actually have Chris Parker. Chris Parker is the founder of whatismyipaddress.com, which, uh, you know, it's kind of funny when, when we were getting connected and I looked in my calendar, usually there's a spot where it says, well, what's your website address? And so I saw that there and my first thought was, okay, someone's just being funny. They don't want to share their real <laughs> website address. And they're like, no, no, this is actually the guy who started what is my IP address.com. What year was that, by the way, Chris? That was January, uh, January 2000. So almost 20 years ago. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so, uh, so I imagine you had just a simple, what did you did? What was the very first iteration of the website? Did you design something that would um, just display that information then? The, the very first iteration of the website was one line of code yeah. on the server that just showed the IP address. There, yeah. was no, there were no banner ads. There was no content. It was just a number and whatever the default font was in the corner of the screen. Was that we're using like Perl script or Java, not JavaScript at the time, uh, PHP, not, what, what were you using? Uh, classic ASP running on like an NT server box that was sitting next to my desk at home. Oh my gosh, no kidding. So you and I, before we started the, uh, I hit record on our conversation. So I was developing websites in the uh, late 90s as well. So we're talking about what, it, what you had to do to buy a domain mm -hmm. name back then. And it was very expensive compared to what it is today. Uh, but I would imagine over the years, you've had some pretty decent traffic on the site. Yeah, it's, uh, it's ramped up to, I think last uh, month, I hit a record of about uh, 7 million visits. <laughs> so, uh, can I ask, and you don't have to give me exact numbers, but uh, wh what kind of AdSense revenue do you get on that kind of traffic? Um, it, I don't know the AdSense number off the top of my head because I use a, I, I use a, a fully managed solution, so it kind of blends yes. a bunch of things together. Right. Um, but display revenue is, uh, is mid, six figure, mid to high six figures a year on the website. Nice. That's a nice little, you know, it's wonderful if you can spot a trend and position it yourself in front of that trend. So I was, matter of fact, I was just on the phone or just doing a call with uh, someone who's positioned themselves very, very well in the cannabis hemp CBD world. And they've got over a million followers now. Wow. And I said, look, you know, with more and more states changing their laws over the next 10 years or so, you know, as long as you don't screw that up, I think you're going to be in a pretty good position. Yes. So, I mean, even having a million followers right now, that's not, that's not too bad for today. Uh, but anyway, um, so you've, you've made good on that. And so one thing, Chris, that you do a lot of work on, I'd really love to have kind of a quick little mini lesson. And we're going to talk about uh, digital security for entrepreneurs. And the entrepreneurs that I'd love to uh, talk about would be people that are generally running their business off of their laptop. Um, they're using hotspots. 
Um, they've got, per, you know, they've got uh, personal data on their laptop itself. They likely subscribe to a lot of different services, maybe to run uh, an e-commerce website or a membership site. Uh, maybe they're an agency or a freelancer. Uh, and so I'd uh, love to go through some items that I think every uh, entrepreneur should concern themselves with uh, as they are uh, starting and or running their business. So we, if we could start, I think the, I, I think is kind of a no brainer. Can you talk about why uh, uh, having a VPN is kind of important today? Yeah, I think these days VPNs are becoming more and more important. And probably to take a step back for people who don't know what a VPN is, it's a service that routes. Uh, your internet traffic, it encrypts it and routes it through their servers. So the network that you're on can't see the data unencrypted and it goes off to a server and wherever you choose for it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, these days people are really concerned about, you know, is my ISP selling my surfing habits? Are they monitoring what websites I'm going to? Particularly as uh, freelancers are becoming more international, there are countries that block traffic from certain sites or block access. If you want to use Facebook, you're not really going to be able to access Facebook in China without using a VPN. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things that, uh, well, we don't want traffic from these countries coming to our web services, so we're only going to re- allow traffic from U.S. users. And so by using a VPN, even if you're offshore from the U.S., it allows you to route your traffic through a server in the U.S., encrypted, protected, and you can get access to the sites and services that you might need to use, but also with the addition of that layer of security. So um, what is this? So if we're talking about, um, so a VPN is going to uh, help you to be a little more, have a little bit more anonymity with your ISP. Um, It's going to allow you to access sites that maybe geographically you wouldn't be able to access. Does a VPN do anything to um, protect you from bad actors out there? In various ways, it can help you from bad actors. A lot of the VPN service providers are now starting to build in uh, malware protection, antivirus Mm. protection, ad blockers, kind of uh, reducing a number of vectors that you would normally uh, encounter. You know, it can block access to sites that might infect you with malware. So if you've gotten the email and you clicked on it, it's not going to keep you from getting the email and you should be careful about what you're clicking on, obviously. Yeah. But it can help mitigate some of those issues a bit. You know, I, uh, one of our other clients uh, is involved in uh, helping companies keep malware out of their network. He said the number one entryway by like a long shot is user behavior. Yes. Clicking on bad links because it's so easy for someone in a LinkedIn message to send, hey, you know, click here, here's a photo, click here, here's a, a, P, a free PDF that you can download and it's going through like a Bitly link or one of those mm-hmm. things. And so you have no idea what that is that you're clicking on and bam, that's all it takes. Yep, yep. And, and at this point, you know, most antivirus software and computers is, is almost kind of reactive. It, the latest exploits, even if you've got good antivirus, you're probably not protected from bad behavior. No, no. And so what his company does is actually it, it basically tests the employees. So oh, it, it's basically wow. <laughs> finding all the latest, trickiest stuff out there and just basically just trying to fool, you know, spot 
fool employees on a regular basis so that they can find uh, behavior holes in the security, which anyway. Um, so, um, so how about connecting to hotspots? Is, what's, what's good best practices for that? If you spend most of your time in co-working spaces and on companies, public Wi-Fis, what, is, what should we be doing there? I, I would definitely be looking at using a VPN service. There's also, if you're particularly concerned, um, and I think when you're using things like mom and pop restaurant Wi-Fis and coffee shop Wi-Fis that are not maintained by, you know, Starbucks is probably a little bit safer because it's maintained by a company that has IT people. But, mm. you know, mom's bagel shop, it's mom. She doesn't know anything about IT. She, yeah. Someone just told her, if you want more cu- customers you know, turn on your guest Wi-Fi. So she did it. Um, <laughs> kind of the later, the more recent trend of those who are particularly more security conscious, uh, there's hardware VPNs. So basically, mm. you're not connecting up your laptop to mom's bagel Wi-Fi. You're connecting up to your hardware device. Yeah, it's usually like a hockey puck sized device. And then that device turns around and connects out to mom's, uh, mom's you know, bagel Wi-Fi. So you've yeah. got that extra layer of security because it's one thing to make sure that your traffic is encrypted, but your, your computer is still potentially exposed on the network when you're using one of these hardware uh, VPNs. Really? So you could it's, just like plug this in your USB or something like that and uh, use it that actually, way? Even better. They're mostly battery these days. It's a hockey puck, you know, maybe the size of your fist. You can charge yeah. from it. It usually allows, you know, five to five to seven users. So if you're a family traveling, it's also good for that sort of thing. If you're a family traveling and you're, the, you're going to the hotel Wi-Fi, you just connect up the hockey puck to the hotel Wi-Fi, and you don't have to reprogram the kids' Xbox. You don't have to reprogram anybody's Wi-Fi uh, or anyone's iPads. They're all just used to connecting up to this uh, VPN hockey puck. Uh, I like this. You know, I'm kind of looking around, and I'm not really finding this. Chris, can you can you help me with any brand names? Uh, yeah, that, probably. You know the, of any? Uh, yeah, the probably the most well known one is Kiesel, K E Z E E L. K E Z E. Two E's. Oh, uh-huh. Kiesel. Kiesel. Look at that. Okay. Oh, sorry, E E Z E L. Yeah, look at that. So but uh looks like uh $199 or under. Uh okay. I like this. This is this is brilliant. So then every, so you're, okay, I got it. So your device connecting to the Kiesel, Kiesel then is kind of this, this middleman between you and the rest of the world. Correct. So you now have a physical hardware firewall protecting your laptop mm. from the network in addition to the security benefits of having a VPN. Well, that's pretty cool. I'm going to add that to my wish list here. So <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, so how about uh, dealing with uh, clients personal information uh, on our computers. Uh, what, what are some good best practices for that? So most uh, modern operating systems now allow you to encrypt your operating system. Sometimes, sometimes it requires it from that first install. Uh, other ones, you can, you can turn it on after the fact. But that at least allows if your laptop gets stolen, that without your password, they're not going to be able to just take the hard drive out and plug it into yeah. their computer and read the data. I mean, mm-hmm. data breaches these days are, 
uh, I don't know, more frequent than coffee shop visits. <laughs> you can't keep up with the data breaches. But if you do things like making sure that you're encrypting your machine, making sure you're checking for viruses on a regular basis, watching out yeah. what you're doing, uh, that's probably going to be your best bet at keeping your, your client data secure if it's on your local machine. What about Mac users? Sometimes us Mac users get a little egotistical in thinking that we're immune from <laughs> such, uh, you know, uh, such things. One of the things that I've historically uh, loved about Macs, and maybe this will even concern you a little bit less these days, mm-hmm. is that when I had a Mac that would fail, I could take the hard drive out and just stick it in another machine and turn it on and continue on as normal. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> basically means if someone has that hard drive, they've got all your data. Um, yeah. Mac oh, has, I think, I, I, think they, I think they call it as file vault, that you turn it on, your hard drive is encrypted. Mm-hmm. If, you don't, uh, if you don't log into your computer, nothing's coming off of it. You, know, you have to realize that um, you need to be doing backups then, off-site remote backups, because if you, you know, your, your hard drive crashes and you want to take it down to the local hard drive repair or data recovery place, guess what? They're going to, hey, guess what? We uncovered a whole bunch of encrypted stuff, but you can't access it because you don't have that physical machine anymore. Sorry. Wow. Wow. But now, if it's private data, that's a good thing because you don't want people getting access to it, but you need to make sure that mm-hmm. when you need to, to regain access to it, you can, and offsite backups are great for that. Yeah. Um, so how about um, like running transactions on our site? Um, so if I'm using WooCommerce, if I'm using Shopify, I'm processing through Stripe or something like that. I mean, are there any other concerns I should have or do, can I just trust that my uh, third party providers are going to do their job to keep my client's uh, personal data safe? They'll do as good as they can do, and to assume that they'll never be breached is a, is a bad idea. You should yeah. kind of always assume that uh, your vendors are going to get breached and data is going to get out there. But I think probably the more likely vector for most small businesses is their own website gets compromised, that they mm-hmm. haven't they haven't kept their WordPress up to date, oh. or yeah. they're using plugins that just aren't secure, and that becomes a vector for someone to come in and I think they, they refer to it as a, a skimmer. So all the credit card transactions are still happening, but they're just skimming off the credit card numbers, the security authorizations, and they're basically able to get all the credit card numbers that you're using along with all the authentication information for them. Yeah. So WordPress in particular, I mean, let's just kind of review some best practices for that. So number one, keep your WordPress site up to date. That's going to be helpful. Uh, your plugins as well. Keep those up to date. Uh, is there any way to know if you, you know, let's say you have an old plugin, is there any way to know that it's vulnerable now? Uh, you, know, you can go searching for it. It's really hard to know if something out there is vulnerable yeah. unless it's broadcast that it's vulnerable. Yeah. Um, you might want to look at things like I. Uh, WP White Security, they have a couple of security plugins that do audit logging, uh, file yeah. transactions. So like if your files start changing and you're not doing it, mm-hmm. then it can kind of alert you that there's something going on uh, on your platform. They're really good for audit logging to make sure that your users who are using your WordPress are actually doing what they say they're doing and that they're not installing. You know, you're, you don't have users intentionally installing backdoors. Yeah. I think where, and, where and people get into the get into the biggest problem is they they install a plugin and they test it and they go oh this is kind of cool but at some point they go no I don't want to use it 
but they don't actually uninstall it. So if it's any yeah. plugin that you're not using, uninstall it so you remove the possibility of it becoming an attack vector. And not just deactivate, but 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 actually uninstall it from uninstall. the server so the code yeah. is not sitting on your machine. Correct. Yeah, and, and there are some good themes, or I'm sorry, some good uh, plugins that would probably help with some different areas of security as well that aren't uh, baked into WordPress by itself. Yeah, there's going to be some things that are going to um, make sure that you've got a good password management, that you've got solid yeah. password enforcement, things like that. I mean, those those are kind of best practices regardless of whether it's WordPress or or any platform yeah. or even any uh, software as a service that you're using. This one should be a, a, a layup for you. Talk about passwords for a second. Uh, pa- passwords are a scary, scary thing. <laughs> uh, in, in a way, passwords are really cool and they're, and they're, and they're really bad. Um, in, in the last, let's see, what are the password breaches that have happened, the, the account breaches that have happened in the last week or two? We've had uh, Capital One has had a significant breach. Now, that wasn't mm. passwords. Um, but there's, you know, there's a, there's a hundred million breach almost every week these days. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's particularly scary. There's a great website out there called have I been pwned mm-hmm. uh, P instead of an O you type in your email address and it will tell you uh, every place that your email address has been involved in a data breach. And so yeah. if you haven't changed the password for that service, since that data breach happened, you've basically, that account has been exposed to hackers and they could be in your account. And any, and more probably more scary is anywhere else that you're using that username and password combination is now at risk. Yeah. So looking at one of my common email addresses right now, it says pwned on two breached sites. That's and, actually pretty uh, good oh, that it's only two. Yeah. I mean, I have many, I, over the years, I've used many <laughs> different email addresses and I try to recycle them. Um, I also now, um, what do you think of services like 1Password, LastPass, that sort of thing? Absolutely. Go for it. Do it. I think most of them even have a free service plan. But even if you're paying for it, it it will save you so much time and headache. Uh, For for businesses, they have plans where you can like within your entity, you can share passwords. So if you have multiple Mm -hmm. people who need to log into the same account, that Mm -hmm. they have the ability as employees to do that without having to you know, distribute that password via email within your office. But I, I'm jokingly, someone asked me, you know, if you're, if you lost your phone and you had to log into your email, would you know what the password is? Like, I have no idea what my passwords are anymore. They're all manually, they're all automatically generated by a password manager. Oh, jeez. I'm looking at one of my old email addresses. Oh, this is so bad. This is, uh, 15 breached sites. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, verifications.io. That's a pretty popular one. LinkedIn, uh, probably. What's that? Probably on LinkedIn. LinkedIn as well. Yep. Yep. 164 million email addresses and passwords were exposed. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is, oh, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> so, again, uh, have I been. Pwned, and it's P-W-N-E-D. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, again, some 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 good uh, some good things for us to review. Uh, listen, uh, Chris, thank you so much for for joining us. 
tell me uh, again, of course, you know, people can use what is my IP address. I'm sure they've used it already dozens of times. <laughs> what, what else are you up to? Um, so I'm in the process of building some uh, new tools out for uh, that site that I'm uh, excited about uh, coming out in the near future, helping to make sure that people are configuring their the DNS for their website correctly and they're mm-hmm. uh, abiding by best practices there. Uh, there's a lot of uh, privacy, security, online safety content, and we're uh, have a have a massive uh, pipeline of stuff that's coming out here in the, in the next uh, couple months. And so we're really excited about really helping people to be safe and secure online with things that are doable. They're not you don't need a an IT degree to do a lot of these things. And that's the idea. Yeah. Is like what's the practical stuff that ninety nine percent of us can do to up level our privacy and security. Yeah, I love it. So your website, what is my IP address.com? And then uh, you also have cgparker.com yep. where people can learn about the work that you're doing in, uh, pers- in uh, security. So uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Josh. I had a great time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com dot com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.